Whoa! It's the illusion reporting from somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Corey, I, I'm... Dude, I keep spacing on calling you. I apologize, brother. It's, uh... It's non-stop, dude. It's non-stop. I, I gotta go... I gotta go drive down to uh, Bakersfield tomorrow, so I'll, I'll give you a call on him in the car. If I remember. If I remember, dude, I'll be in the car like 9... 9.30-ish. But then it drops out in the canyon. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I... But, you know... I'm, you're on my mind, brother. Um, well, this is the illusion. Reporting from somewhere on... No, dude. Welcome to another edition of Sober Wednesday. God has blessed us. We've... Uh, we've made it another Wednesday, dude. Right? We made it another Wednesday. I hope I hope that you made it sober. And if you're not, this live stream's for you. Um, so this hour is dead. It's going to be a short one. I'm going to end it hard at 7.30. Um, if you are suffering, and the reason you're suffering might be because you're not connected with the God of your understanding, then this hour is dedicated to you, dude. There's no reason to suffer, but we all suffer in various ways. All the time, whatever is your method for coping and it's gotten out of control and you want to get a relationship with God, this hour is for you so that we can uh, give you a solution, dude. A solution. What that solution is, only God really knows, but I do know that is uh, removing the mind-altering drugs and substances from your uh, daily existence and getting in touch with yourself and then finding, oh, there's some gnarliness in there that needs to get dealt with. I gotta eat, I gotta eat this little piece of bread, dude. I'm super hungry. I, uh, I, was, ri- I was out riding the, the new little motorcycle and uh, I realized it's sober Wednesday on Thursday. Hmm. Ah, thank my pleasure, Bathel. We made it another Wednesday. Well, I didn't actually. It's it's when not Wednesday. Yesterday was uh baseball. We uh. I'll had a baseball game at 5.30. Dude, Al, Al's getting way better at baseball. He got three RBIs yesterday, dude. He hit the ball. He got three at, three at bat. No, four at bats. Three, three, three hits. His first three at bats. We, we've, been work, we've been practicing. We've been practicing. Build confidence, man. I was... Uh, so, yeah, confidence, right? I think that that's a good thing to talk about tonight, right? Confidence, dude. I was listening to something that was like... Most predicaments in like this realm of mental health and addiction and stuff do have a lot to do with confidence. Like confidence is a common denominator for people who fall off the cliff. But before we do that, oh, we got to open up with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. So um, we read chapter five from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Though this is not an AA meeting or affiliated with AA in any way, nor are we uh, are we blowing any cover 
we're just people trying to get through the one day at a time. And it doesn't matter whether you're sober, not sober, or your addiction is pizza, bad relationship, lying, drama, chaos, whatever it is. These uh, these three pages from the big books will could be applied to anything. Just replace the first powerlessness of over alcohol with whatever you're powerless over, man. And uh, so with that said, the dog is quite the barker. Um, with that said, chapter five, how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail as thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you've decided you want what we have or are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember, remember that we deal with alcohol or whatever it is, cunning, baffling, and powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Now. Half measures, half measures, availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're, hum- we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked and remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood and praying all knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides of progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter of the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Woohoo! If he were sought. If he were sought. Ah, not a lot of people seeking God out there from what I can tell. Oh boy, man. Whoa, crazy town. Crazy town. Um, Hey, uh... All right, let's see. What do we got, dude? Adam, 
been waiting, wanting to get more in touch with God, was raised Mormon, but haven't been to church in 10 years, considering our faith. How do you decide what church is for you? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's right in the sober thing, right? Like, let me take it from the sober perspective on, on that question there, Adam. So, so right, like when I was loaded and out there, out of my mind, what was that, 14 years ago? When I was out of my mind, I knew God was present. I knew God existed. I used to, I used to get, get do blow and drink and get high with this buddy of mine. And we would hang out. And we'd read the Bible, dude. We would read the Bible, man. And I remember at the time not thinking that it was even that crazy, dude. Like, like the word of God was, was keeping us going. Like that's, we were searching, like my buddy's still searching. I don't think he's gotten sober yet, dude, but we were searching. And I remember that like that time, I remember reading the Bible with my buddy, just penned out, talking about it, thinking about God, the whole thing out of our minds. So when I got sober, right? Like I knew God existed. I was down with God. So when I got sober, like, you know, the, 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 a lot of people just are like, God, some sort of crazy, dark, demonic thing or whatever, or it doesn't exist or whatever it was. I didn't have that problem. What I have was lack of contact, right? I could not, I could not mentally be in contact with God. I knew God exists. I saw God all around me in, in, in the world. I could not see how God communicated right with me, right? Because I didn't, I didn't understand at that point that God communicated through other human beings. Like I could see God everywhere. I just didn't know how to communicate with God or, or be in con- conscious contact with God, right? And I always say it, it's like, it's like the, and I've said this, this my analogy of it. Like if you've watched Indiana Jones and the temple, uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, he falls into the temple with the snakes and the, the, the cobras are everywhere and he falls down and he's got that cobra who's eye to eye with him, right? And then, and then you watch the behind the scenes, how they made that happen with the cobra being so close. And, and there was a piece of plexiglass between, between Indiana Jones and the cobra, right? That's what the plexiglass, if, if God was the cobra and I'm Indiana Jones, the plexiglass was drugs and alcohol. I could see, I could see the cobra that was God. I knew the cobra was there. I was fully aware of it. I just could not make contact because I had this invisible shield between me and the, and the cobra that was God. And that was the drugs and alcohol, which were self-perpetuating anger, disillusionment, debauchery, all of that stuff, right? So I get you get sober, right? You get sober and you know the first thing you do is is you start to deal with that 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 invisible wall is no longer invisible anymore, right? It's visible now because you've I you've looked at it and you've gone, oh I'm powerless over alcohol and my life's unmanageable. I begin to see what's between me and God. What's between me and God is my insanity that I'm trying to cure with my drugs and alcohol and my crazy behavior, right? And then you turn your will and your life over the care of God. You understand it and you begin to do the work, right? So for Adam, is is when I started out sober, I was just a dude who knew God existed. I don't think I thought God hated me. I don't think I thought God loved me. I just 
was confused about like how I couldn't get with God, right? And then I began the journey of sobriety, right? And in the beginning, like I was rolling with my sponsor at the time who was super spiritually fit, like my buddy Joe. And he was all up in there in the Course of Miracles, a Course in Miracles. So I, I was in, I was, I was doing a, I was reading a lot of a, a Course in Miracles, right? The one of the blue books. And I was really into a, in, into a Course in Miracles. And if you don't know, it's you know supposedly this this Edith gal like Jesus talks to her and she reads some scrolls, whatever. It's it's. You could say it's hocus pocus or not, but for me at the time, dude, it was it was it was super good. Like I know some of my viewers that are in touch with it and would know what it is. And the basic premise of of a course in miracles is the forgiveness that you hope to receive, you've got to give away. The atonement you hope to receive, you have to give away. That was a hugely profound interaction with my journey with God. And at the same time, I, I should say Course in Miracles was was step two in my journey towards my the God of my understanding, was I began my sobriety listening to Eckhart Tolle. My, like, you know, the anxiety, the whole thing, and the sleeplessness. My buddy David Brune and Joe were like, here, listen to Eckhart Tolle, dude. So I would listen to Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now audio, right? I did, I never I've never read the book. I just listen. You got to do like reading Eckhart Tolle. Stupid. Just listen to Eckhart Tolle read his own manuscripts, right? So I listened to Eckhart Tolle, dude, and and it was all about like the the pause, the pause between everything, the space in between, which was suit right. There's one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. It takes me five years to understand what that sentence means, dude. Right. So I, I'm listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle. I'm, I'm, I'm finding the space between the words, doing all that power of now. I'm realizing that I'm already like enlightened. I just have to understand what that means. I don't really know what that means. And I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm digging into a, a Course in Miracles and I'm tripping out on what's going on there. And, and then, and then at some point, right, like Billy dies. I ask God what to do this the youtube thing starts right like the response this response to the request of god is is youtube begins right and so i'm at at the beginning like i'm not in like i'm a i'm a uh christian in theory kind of guy like right like i'm down with jesus i don't i never have had a big like i've fully always been down with the resurrection like that's that was stuff that never tripped me out i'm like yeah totally dude of course dude of course he died on the cross first and I, this i'm not proselytizing i'm telling you my sober journey about this so like when i when i was there like i wasn't some big like I had to like trip out to like get with jesus i was down with jesus but i i i wasn't wasn't fully solidified. I had to like find my way. Right. And so, and so I was doing that. Billy dies. I start, I put the request to God. What do I do now? Right. And I begin to see God's working in my life. I begin to, because I'm sober, right? Like I don't, I'm not putting drugs and alcohol. I'm, my body's feeling better. I'm dealing with myself. I'm doing the work on myself. I'm figuring out I'm the asshole in the story. I'm the problem in the story. I accept the truth about who I am. 
I begin to just let God run the show, dude. And and I got these people, these Joe and these dudes who are like showing me how God can transform time and space and all of this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm like seeing it, man. And it's all I got to do is let it go, dude. And, and and like some of my first real interactions with God was the story about the DMV where I overcome the Department of Motor Vehicles and, and all the oppression that was DMV, which was a journey, let me tell you, dude. And and then I overcame traffic and then I overcame lines. And then, you know, as because these was all were God and, and like how I overcame God was like my like was 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 again, Joe was like, lines, lines, when you're standing in line, that's that's God giving you the opportunity to reflect upon him, on him. Like, take that time in line to truly use it to be in contact with God. Don't use it as a, a burden. Use it as a time to be in contact with God. Same with traffic. And And his thing was, is when you start to do that, there will no longer be such thing as a line. There will no longer be something called traffic. These things will disappear from your life because they won't be what you thought they were, right? So this is God beginning to work in my life. This is sobriety. This is what it is. So I'm moving through the deal, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm down with Jesus. I've ex- like, at some point, like I've accepted Jesus in my life, man. I don't know when, I can't tell you where. I just know that like, it becomes pretty obvious to me. This is before I have a child. So like five years into it, right? Five years into it. I'm sitting, I'm going to these primetime meetings in Los Angeles, dude. And they're kind of like an offshoot of AA. And I'm this dude, Perry, used to get up there. And this old black basketball coach from wherever, dude. I, I, I can't blow his anonymity. He might still be alive. But anyway, it was this basketball coach, dude. Well-known, big deal. And uh, he used to get up there and say the same thing, dude. He's like, there's one who was, uh, get rail about it. There's one who has all power. That one is God is. That one is God, may you find him now. And I sat there for about a year. So I'm five years sober. I, I'm listening to this dude, Perry, every time he gets up there. There's one who has all power. That one is God, may you find him now. Now, may you find And, and I, it hits me. Like one day, it's just, I go, boom, the light bulb goes off of like, oh, like God's now, infinitely now. Like the, like the, con, like the, the, the the paradox of that truth, like in this brief moment of time and space, there's infinite presence of God, dude, right? It's a profound moment for me. And this is right about when I have, I find out I'm going to have owl. I have a baby. I'm back in the game. I see, I see the truth of God watching my child born. I see what it is. I see the truth of God with, with him breastfeeding the whole thing. I see the miracle. I see that the, what the gift is. Moving the ball forward. I'm pretty solid. I'm, I'm reading the Bible here and there, you know, doing my thing. Then the, the coof hits, right? The coof hits in 2020, whenever that was. And, uh, you know, I go, I meet this dude who goes to Owl's, one of his child goes to Owl's um, elementary school, right? 
whatever. I get this dude's like some old rock star producer, dude. Super gnarly German guy. Built that city, dude. And um, he's like, hey, dude, like, you should bring Al to Sunday school at Calvary Church in Newberry Park. They're, the dude's fighting the, the, the lockdowns, dude. He's not closing his church. It's full of, like, freedom people, dude, right? And I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'll go check it out. So I go, I go to Calvary Church, dude, with Rob McCoy pastoring the whole thing. Corey knows what I'm talking about. I go to I go to Calvary, dude, and I'm you have to understand I'm skeptical of churches. Like I'm I'm not down with the 501c3 nonsense. I I think churches are a scam, dude. I don't do religion, dude. The my personal relationship with Jesus Christ got nothing to do with religion. I don't promote religion, dude. I but but again, we're in we're in a sober thing, but I guess we're not in AA meetings. So it's it's but it's a god wherever you're going. Like what I'm sharing this is I didn't, nobody told me how to pray in the beginning. Nobody said you have to do anything, dude. Everybody just nurtured my relationship with God by allowing me to find it myself through getting sober enough to look inward and get my own garbage out of the way, dude. And the more garbage I got out of the way, the more, the more I was able to see God and in everything I do, dude, in every part of my life. The more and more I was able to get out of my own way and turn my life over to God and and, st- and use that sobriety, the more and more it became obvious to me, right? So so now it's the, it's the thing and this dude's like, show up at Calvary. I'm like, all right, super skeptical. So I don't bring Owl right off the bat. I go to, I go to Calvary like twice. I'm like, oh, let me go check this church out. I'm not bringing my children here before I check it out, dude. I got to see what's going on. Because, you know, all the nonsense, right? So I go and I go and I check it out. And I sit there and it's 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 going on. And I'm like, all right. And the pastor, Pat Rob McCoy's delivering. I like what he's got to say. I like his vibe. I like the whole, I like the people at the church. Everybody's looking nice. It's fully still like crazy COVID time or COOF times, right? And so, you know, it's it's pretty high, high alert, dude. And like they're staying open and they're not supposed to be. And so I'm like, I go like two weekends in a row, two Sundays in a row. And then I go, okay, I need to interview like one of the pastors, right? Before I bring my children. I got some questions, right? And this is what I'd recommend for everyone. Like go ask some questions about what the church is about. Meet the pastor and go, what's your deal, dude? That's their, they're supposed to talk to you. They're not, they're that, that's your pastor. You're, you're, so I go and I, I interview the, the, the second in charge pastor. He's a real nice guy. I go in, I schedule a meeting. I go in, I talk, I go, hey, look, man. I go, I got some questions for you, dude. I go, do you teach the entire Bible, dude, from, from Genesis to Revelation, dude? I want the whole, I want the whole deal. I don't want you leaving out Revelation, dude. Like, no, we teach the whole thing as scripture, the whole thing. I go, all right. Because you got to be careful with these churches. Don't teach the whole Bible. They teach the, you know, God, the, the Joel Olstein gospel prosperity, dude. Like I was, I was into the, like, dude, back in the day, I was checking out Joel Osteen like 25 years ago, dude. I read the, those books about the the end times, dude. I forget that, the, like, the all those novels, dude. Like, I read all that stuff. I was way into it, dude. But I never was like, ooh, go to church. I didn't, like, I don't do religion, dude. So, 
And so I went, I went and I interviewed the pastor. I go, what's the deal with the 501c3 stuff, dude? I would go like, I can't, I, like, are you guys going to abandon the 501c3 if push comes to shove? And they're like, look, dude, like, we don't care about the 501c3. We keep the 501c3 for the, for the, for the, for the, for the people so that they can declare their donations on the tax. They go, all right, fair enough. They go, but we'll walk if we have to. I go, okay, that's cool. Like, all right, I'd like to hear it. And then I asked, I forgot what else I asked. I had another pretty pertinent question about something. I forget what it was. So I, I, I interviewed the, the pastor and I go, okay, like, all right, I'll, I'll bring my child to the Sunday school. And then I brought my child to the Sunday school and you got to understand, this is in the middle of like lockdowns. There's no, but I've, but it's a total normal world at this church, right? There's no coverings, no nonsense, dude. I really like the Sunday school vibe. I really liked Al's vibe with the Sunday school. He, they gave him a little kid's Bible, dude, with the pictures. And he really liked it, dude. And, he, and everybody was super nice. Corey was going there. Some other people were going there. I really liked it, dude. And what I found was as a sober dude who does the YouTube, and you got to understand during the coup, like I was leading people, dude. Like I had people calling me. Do you got the paperwork? What are we doing? Dude, like this and that. I'm battling city councils. I'm doing like, I'm doing, I'm doing those live streams every day, trying to keep everybody from losing their mind and, and, and buying into the propaganda. Right. So I would go to church and I would just sit there and I'd be like, dude, I need this hour and a half for myself, dude. Like, I just want God to, I just want to listen to some dude talk about God, dude. That's all, that's all I wanted. And I would sit there and I'd listen to the dude's sermons and I'd be like, this is rad, dude. Like, and I, and, and then, and then there was this one, there was like, I was going for like nine months straight and there was like one weekend, like some celebrity, not celebrity, but they had some person, I think it was James O'Keefe, dude of all people. James O'Keefe was like the, like the guest speaker at the church on a Sunday and the church was packed. You couldn't get in. Like there was no way to get in the church. It was, and I was bummed, dude. I remember being like bummed. I was like, this sucks, dude. I was like pissed. And I, and I was like, well, why am I mad? Dude, like what, what's, why, why am I like annoyed? Dude, I did the sober inner reflection. Why am I annoyed? And I go, well, I really liked sitting in church. I just liked being there. I liked sitting there and and being with a bunch of people who wanted to be somewhere and think about God. I, I really was like a, a nice thing. And I didn't, I wasn't all about the goo 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 stuff, right? So, so I realized that I like to be at church. I like to be in the building. I like to listen to God. I like to be around people who are thinking about God. Did I want to really hang out? No. But what I did is I, I we went, there was like a, a a Halloween thing, dude. And I was like, I don't, we don't do Halloween, dude. We're non-participants in that satanic nightmare. But there had been no events yet. So there was like a big church thing going on where they had the back, with they had all their own thing going on. And where I was like, let's go, dude. We'll get all dressed up. We'll go. It'll be fun, dude. And, I, and, and it was fantastic. It was like this fantastic church thing, dude. And I was like, whoa, this is cool, dude. Like, it's safe. It's all the people from the church. There's no loaded people. It's like a church thing, dude. There's no chaos. There's no coolers and chaos. It was just super mellow. The first time, like, in adulthood where I was like, all right, like, this is chill, right? On Halloween. We had a good time. 
met some cool people, did some stuff. And then, uh, then we moved, right? And then we moved like a year ago and like right off the, so we met the first people here and I was telling her I would been, she was, she goes to the, for the first Baptist church in Kernville, which is now Kernville Baptist is she goes to the church, right? And we were talking and, and, you know, she's one of us and she, and I was telling her about Rob McCoy and the whole thing and that, you know, church staying open and about, you know, the whole thing. And she's like, dude, you should come to our church, dude. Super cool, dude. Like, I like, I think you'll like it, man. So I was like, all right. So I went to the, to the church, dude. And, and it was mainly just to get Owl in Sunday school again. Right. Cause he really likes it. And so I went to the church and I st- I hung, I liked it. People were all super nice. I got my little, I like to sit in my little same seat and I just hung out the church. I, you know, I volunteered for a couple of things. I know I'm not a big, like, Hey, I'm here kind of guy, dude, you know? And then, uh, so, so for on, on the sober thing to take that journey from a dude who was the, like the Indiana Jones and the Cobra at the beginning of sobriety, I got baptized last Sunday. I joined the, the, Baptist church, dude. Like I, I went to the classes and learned about the church and I was like, Oh, I want to join, dude. I want to be part of this church. Dude, I like all the people. I like my pastor. I like everything that's going on, dude. I want to be part of it, dude. So, so what I'm getting at is, yeah, like I'm an officially a member of a church, dude. I'm a member of, of the Kernville Baptist Church, which is a Southern Baptist church, dude. I give you all the history and all the stuff about it. And the reason that I really liked it, dude, was they were talking about how the the Southern Baptist Church had to basically do a fourth step about itself after the in the sixties, dude, about about civil rights stuff. And I was like, wow, that's super cool, man. Like you guys admitted you were wrong. Like you, like the, your, your church admitted that you guys were wrong about some civil rights issues, dude, about, about, and I was like, that's super, I'm into that, dude. Cause that was sobriety, dude, right? Like I can't be in, in with, I don't want to be in a body of people that aren't willing to admit they were wrong and, and seek forgiveness, right? So, so I joined the church and I'm a member of the church. I just got, I just did, took the, I just joined the church last Sunday. I got baptized on the same day. And, you know, that's, that's what I would tell you is, is I didn't, I let God find, find it for me, dude. Like I just was open to the journey, right? It took, it took me what, 14 years, 14 years of, of sobriety to go from a dude who who knew God existed, was cool with Jesus, fully understood the resurrection, understood that, to be like fully baptized, joined join a church, member of a church, dude. That's how long it took me, dude. I had to go through all my, all the hurdles of sobriety and like, you know, the whole thing, dude. So... So what I would say is, is the beauty of sobriety when you don't have the stuff interfering with your journey of, of, of God is that you allow it in and it begins to build upon itself. And the more you build upon it, the more it builds upon itself, dude. 
And I'll tell you what, the people that I know from the church are fantastic, dude. Like, I, they're, like they're our friends. Like, I have some friends from the church, dude, in this community. Like, like the first people that I know that, that are my new local, like, friends are from a church, dude. So that's, that's how radically my life has changed in sobriety. Like, like, like blank canvas, like 13 years sober to like, you know, here, here we are. We moved up here, blank canvas, sober. And the people that I bring into my life are like in that mindset now. So, so if that's, that's where it's at. And so, so for me, it, for me, it goes back to the beginning, right? It goes back to the beginning of my sobriety, dude. It goes, it's the space in between, right? It goes back to the beginning. It goes back to that very first thing I, I sunk my teeth into. The forgiveness that you hope to receive, you must give away, Right? Which is, which is, which is like what Christianity is, dude. Like you hope to be forgiven for your, like, again, I, I like, like, I know I like, look, I just want this to be clear. Like we're here talking about sober and mental illness and suicidal thoughts. I found a God in my understanding, my personal savior, Jesus Christ, all of that stuff. Right. But when we're talking sober, Please understand that I don't expect you to see it. It took me a, the journey I just gave you of a lifetime to get to that. So if you're if you're at the jumping off point of just wanting to get sober, like you don't need to have some big profound joint churches and like, oh my God, Jesus Christ and all that kind of stuff. You just have to have maybe a sliver of an opening within yourself that the possibility that God is true and God loves you and build upon that, just that little sliver, dude. That's all you need, dude. That's all you need. You don't need to have a definition of it, dude. That is that is not necessary. You don't need to have one that fits in some sort of category. If you're getting sober, if you're trying to come back from mental illness or suicidal thoughts or too many Doritos, potato chips or bad relationships, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to get with God. Don't, don't bring the weight of the world on you. And anyone who does bring the weight of the world on you, dude, probably isn't doing you any favors. Like, you know, like, like you want to talk, like I'll get all up in there about like, like Christianity and, and and God and Jesus and all that kind of stuff, if you want. But if you're just a newly sober guy, dude, like you don't like I don't need to give you all that or girl or whoever, whatever nowadays. It's it's if you just want to find a way to deal with getting off drugs, alcohol, and all that stuff. The only way I know how to do it is to get with God and let that dude run the show, dude. Get in the back of the bus, dude. Let God fly the plane, dude. Right. So. So that's, that's sort of where I'm at. Adam, I hope that answered your question, man. And, uh, uh, all right. DJ Halo eight, 661 days clean off of opiates and dope. Much love. Good for you, dude. DJ Halo. Wow, man. 
661, dude. That is 300. Dude, that is so solid, bro. Good for you, dude. Church to recharge. Bus three towns at home, said yo. Safe parking lot to trick or treat, yo. Dude, let's go finally caught a live stream, dude. All right. Um, I it was a lot easier for me to get off heroin 15 years now. Only with God, Dazzer, 80, dude. That's rad, dude. Inspiring. 18 months free from alcohol and nicotine. Good for you. Ad adrenaline donkey, dude. What do you mean by the weight of the world, dude? What do you mean by the weight of the world, dude? I don't know. What was, the, what was, I don't even know. What was the weight of the world? What was I in reference to, zombie? The weight of the world. You got to refresh, dude. I was just, we stuck, we struck all gold. I mean, I can, I can, I got to kind of backwards deconstruct. It's, we, uh, no worries. Yeah. All right. I'm glad that, I hope that's helpful, Adam. Yeah, man. It's, um, Oh, uh, if you want a relationship with God, don't go in with the weight of the world. Well, that, that again, it, it goes down to this thing is like half the reason that we're loaded is we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, dude. We think, we think that, that it's all on us, dude. And that, and that's a debilitating thing. So most of us are like, I can only speak for myself, but like, the troubles of the world, the chaos of the world, knowing that the, the beauty, the whole thing, it's a lot of weight to get the weight of the world on your shoulders. And, and the beauty of it all is you get to give it to God, but like, you don't, it doesn't get take, you have to willingly give it to God, right? You have to willingly give that weight you've carried around to God. So, so that, so that thing is what, where I, I guess what I'm talking about is, is, is is you need to you need to like go in and and ha someone has to gently that it has to be gently removed or you might actually it's sort of like drowning right like you fight the lifeguard dude and and we don't want to fight the lifeguard that's why it's 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 that thing is that you know f like it's interesting when it when i think about it like when it, it comes to like when it comes to the God part of the sober thing, I'm I'm way softer. But when it comes to the sober stuff, I'm pretty brutal, dude. About like the truth about drugs and alcohol, like like the brutality of it, like that, like like there's like a weird brutalness in it. Like core knows, dude. Like we got into it about this stuff a while back, dude. Like, but then when you get to God, like. Because, like, God's not taking it easy on you either, dude. Like, God will let you have it as rough as you want it if that's what it takes for you to get to God, right? Like, so, it's, it's, it's that thing of trying to, trying to get you to, like, like, you're trying to get to the point where you're, you let the weight, give the weight to God, but, like, if the weight's not there pushing, like, it's almost like this. It's almost like if the weight of the world is uh, of all your drama and 
and chaos isn't pushing you down to the earth, you might just float away and disappear. I think a lot of us think about that when we come in to, to get sober, right? Like, how am I going to do my art? And how am I going to talk? And how am I going to meet girls or guys or whatever it is? And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to be funny? And how am I going to tell my story? That's the way to the world, right? Like, how am I going to do this without my drugs and my alcohol? And so you're like, you're hanging on to that like weight because like, what would, what would it look like without that weight? What would it look like without the drama, the smash? cars, the court appearances, the the screaming attorneys, like whatever it is, right? What would your life look like at it? You would get light all of a sudden. You might just float away, dude, right? So so I think that that's where you have to like get, get that God anchor, right? Like the God anchor inside yourself. And 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 I don't know if if just throwing the 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 eternal presence of God on somebody is is the right thing to do sometimes man because that's heavy dude that's 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 heavy it's so heavy that it can relieve the weight of the world right like it's the counterweight right if we're doing counterweights so so i think that's why i'm like i do i do really follow into that thing of of if look, if we're two people, like just regular people out on the street, like I don't have any problem getting right up in there about Jesus Christ being your personal savior and all that kind of stuff, dude. If you ask, I'm not going to go out and like bang your head with it. But if we're talking in the sober context and you want to come to me and get sober, like, ah, dude, like that's that. I got to be gentle with you about that because like, like it's sort of like this. I'm trying to figure out what I'm saying. It's sort of like this. So, so somebody who's beginning to get sober, right? Their, their eyes don't work that well. They're just opening their eyes, right? To the sunlight of the spirit. So if I, so if I have nice, cool candlelight, right? Like candlelight when they're opening their eyes, nice soft candlelight, just, you know, way off in the background, just not too bright, just mellow. Like it helps people wake up, right? Like they'll open their eyes like, whoa. But if I come in with like a full on like maximum lumen spotlight of God, just like oh, right in your eye, like, yeah, you you might go just right out the door and just get loaded. That That's why I think that that whole weird thing of like you like you have to be super gentle about the God stuff in the beginning with someone who's newly sober who might not even believe that God's existence like, think about that. Like, like the gift I had getting sober was that I believe God existed already. Lots of people don't. Lots of people have no idea what God even is or, or, or like, I can't define it either. But what I'm saying is like, they don't even understand that God isn't a bad word. Like, like, you know, so, so you got to work, you got to kind of meet people where they're at. Like I, like anyone who's ever had one of my phone calls, like I'll always ask, I go, where are you spiritually? Because like, like the, it, it changes the dialogue. If you, if, if you say, I don't know if God exists, then I have to take a different approach with you. But if you're like, yeah, I'm totally down with God. Then we can have a different conversation, dude, because that's, that's where I'm at with it is, is, is hitting like, dude, hitting people with the resurrection of Jesus Christ when they're getting sober and they don't even think God exists is you're, you're just pushing them out the door, dude. So my job is, is to help someone get sober first so that they can find God 
later, right? Like the first thing I got to get you is, is help you just get the drugs and alcohol out of your body. We can work on the relationship of God stuff as we grow because the when you realize God will take that burden from you, which is your 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 fourth step and all the crap you've been carrying around, and then you'll be like, oh wow, that's that's really like like yeah, God's flying the plane, dude. Just get in the back of the bus, dude. So um so so that's 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 where today's Sober Wednesday went. Um, with that said, look, if you're suicidal, dude, don't kill yourself tonight, man. Seriously. You, you might have a lot of reasons, dude, but please don't do that. So, oh, orangutan. The, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. Any time or night, day or night, dude. Or chat online. 1-800-273-8255. Just call. Literally call, dude. Please. It, your life's important. We need you, dude. And, and your struggle isn't because you're not worthy. Your struggle is because you're worthy. That's the irony. Like all those, all the people that struggle, it's because you're worthy. Dude, you just need to like get enough of a respite to let, to get, let it happen, dude. So please don't take your life tonight. Call someone, 988 is the three-digit code as well, 1-800-273-8255, dude. Ah, the Canadian one is, is uh, I always forget, dude. It's 456, 4566, I think. 